Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Viv, and a special warm welcome to any guests or visitors joining us on this very warm summer day, as we have now come to the eighth Sunday after Trinity. And so for a summary of our readings this day, I'll direct your attention to the inside of the back cover of your bulletin where we have that focused on Christ section. It is a summary of our readings for the day. In the gospel, Jesus says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Deceit has its strength in masquerading as the truth. False prophets speak a vision of their own heart, not from the mouth of the Lord. They deny the judgment of the Lord, speaking peace to the unrepentant, when in truth there is condemnation and wrath. You will recognize them by their faults, Jesus says, or by their fruits, Jesus says. The fruits of a true prophet are not outward righteousness or success, but faithfulness in proclaiming the word of the Lord. This is the will of the Father in heaven, that pastors take heed to the flock, the Father's adopted ones, warning them against the wolves and their lies, and shepherding the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For indeed, the cross is that great good tree bearing good fruit, namely, the body and blood of Christ, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. And it is today that we gather with great joy to receive the body and blood of Christ as it comes to us in and under bread and wine. And according to our Lord's word, he would will that there be no divisions among us in this supper as we read. And so therefore, all those joining us at the altar this day, we ask that they be members either of this congregation or of a sister congregation of the Lutheran Church of Missouri Synod, so that we might be united in doctrine and practice as we come to receive the Lord's body and blood as he wills us to do. If you are indeed not a member of a Missouri Synod congregation, I ask you then to refrain from receiving the Lord's Supper this day, and I'd love to have a longer discussion with you about that, concerning what the Word of God teaches on this, about this blessed gift which our Lord gives to us. Our service this day is Divine Service Setting 3. As it begins on page 184, we now sing the first hymn. Let us pray. Grant to us, Lord, the Spirit to think and do always such things as are right, that we who cannot do anything that is good without you may be enabled by you to live according to your will. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the eighth Sunday after Trinity is from Jeremiah, chapter 23. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. They say continually to those who despise the word of the Lord, It shall be well with you. And to everyone who stubbornly follows his own heart, they say, No disaster shall come upon you. For who among them has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see and to hear his word? Or who has paid attention to his word and listened? Behold, the storm of the Lord. Wrath has gone forth, a whirling tempest. It will burst upon the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has executed and accomplished the intents of his heart. In the latter days, you will understand it clearly. I did not send the prophets, yet they ran. I did not speak to them, yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel, then they would have proclaimed my words to my people, and they would have turned from their evil way and from the evil of their deeds. 
Am I a God at hand, declares the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord? I have heard what the prophets have said who prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long shall there be lies in the heart of the prophets who prophesy lies and who prophesy the deceit of their own heart, who think to make my people forget my name by their dreams and that that they tell one another, even as their fathers forgot my name for Baal? But the prophet who has a dream tell the dream, but let him who has my word speak my word faithfully. What has straw in common with wheat, declares the Lord, is not my word like fire, declares the Lord and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from Romans chapter 8. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the seventh chapter. Jesus said, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then, I will, and then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our sermon text comes from the Gospel lesson for today, specifically verse 15, where we hear Jesus say this, Beware false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Well, dear saints, the church here has been handed down to us, literally tradition, that's what that word means, to be handed down over the centuries. It offers us, week by week, wonderful biblical themes, and oftentimes those are very tight and united, especially between the Old Testament and Gospel lessons. Our Sunday readings, they're not something that's just thrown together. They're not something that is picked at random by the preacher. Now, this is a fact that most of you already know very well. 
Now, there's a historian, a Roman Catholic historian by the name of Pius Parsh, who has written much on the significance of the church year. And he has this to say. He says, the Sundays during the Trinity cycle, which we're in now, they develop three great themes. First, baptism and its grace. Last, preparation for the return of our Lord. And in the middle, the struggle that occurs between the two. Well, that middle portion of the Trinity season is where we find ourselves now. It is that struggle between baptism and the return of our Lord. And as always true to his promise, our Lord Jesus Christ does not leave us to struggle alone. He is always with us exactly how and where he has promised to be in word and sacrament, blessing us with his Holy Spirit. Over the last two weeks, the gospel lessons in the one-year lectionary have been from the Sermon on the Mount, which was two weeks ago, and then one of one of Jesus' miracles, which was last week. And although you didn't hear it, I will summarize it. Now, the first from the Sermon on the Mount, again, that's two weeks ago, it showed you to despair of your own good works when it comes to your salvation. Only the righteousness of Jesus Christ exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees. Then there's the miracle of the feeding of the 4,000. That was last week in the one year. From this miracle, you are taught to despair of your ability to survive in this world on your own. You need God. Apart from the one true God, you have nothing. Well, today, we return again to the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus teaches us to watch out for false prophets. Now, false prophets, they are recognized by their doctrine, their teaching, that is, their fruit, what they say. But you must be aware of it. You can't let your guard down in this fallen, sinful world. You are called, <clears throat> pardon me, you are called on to consider very carefully everything that you hear, and you are to judge all that you hear by God's word alone. Earthly wisdom and your own reason, these will let you down. Even men placed into the apostolic ministry have the potential of becoming false prophets. They are, after all, still men who can be and sometimes are corrupted. This is one of the great, this is of, of great interest to me personally because of the discussions that I've had the pleasure of sharing in about doctrine and practice. The most recent ACELC conference I had the pleasure of attending comes to mind when it, when it comes to this. Now, many they are going to quote Matthew 7, 1 saying, don't judge. But I've heard just as many folks say, who am I to judge? And yet, a mere 14 verses later in the same chapter from the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus tells every Christian, every Christian to do just that. He says, beware, be discerning, watch out. And it's not something that just pastors should do, but something that every single Christian is called upon to do. You are to beware of false prophets and what they are telling you as truth, so you are to be discerning about what you hear. You're to beware anyone who presumes to speak in the name of Jesus, but whose teaching is not consistent with the words of Holy Scripture. Jesus calls those false teachers wolves. He calls them rotten trees with bad, evil fruit that should be cut down and cast into the fire. Of course, this all sounds harsh to our modern ears made oversensitive by our progressive, woke culture. But Jesus wants to impress upon us just how serious bad doctrine is. It is poisonous. Men who claim to stand in the stead of Christ and preach and teach false doctrine, they are doing the devil's work. Yes, theology is that serious. It's not just a playful pastime or something about which we can agree to disagree. Theology matters because truth matters. Our God is a God of truth. And as Jesus said, if, 
if man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God, then every word, every word that comes to us from our Lord, it is precious to us, and we are to hold it in the highest regard. That word spirituality has been a popular word for many years now. It's used here, there, and everywhere. Politicians and celebrities, they'll both say, even on camera, that we should think about and pray for those affected by terrorist attacks or afflicted by some disaster. Now, on the surface, that sounds good. It sounds great. But have you noticed that there is seldom, if ever, a mention of the one true God or even a reference to biblical truth when they say such things? And that's because the spirit of our day, the zeitgeist, has turned faith into a purely personal matter. A thing that each individual must determine for himself, herself, or whatever. And that same spirit goes so far as to imply that you must find a God that is right for you. A God actually made in your own image. Indeed, this is the underlying theological motivation behind the desire to be or to make yourself into whatever you could possibly conceive of. Now, bear in mind... I'm not talking about those who wish to become a doctor, teacher, nurse, or lawyer. Those are God-pleasing vocations to which he calls many people. I'm talking about those who in, well, great confusion to our sadness, but nonetheless it's still there. I'm talking about those who desire to recreate themselves by the power of their own spoken word. Don't disregard the mimicking of the divine nature when it comes to that. They seek to recreate themselves by their own spoken word, choosing to identify as a different gender or even a different species than what God has made them. Today, when our fallen culture invokes spiritual language, notice that the focus is never on the God who comes to us from outside of us in order to redeem us and save us in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Instead, the focus points inward toward our feelings, toward what we think fulfills us and gives us pleasure and pleasures our flesh. And that, you see, is what false prophets know. So they tell us what our itching ears want to hear. Indeed, the false prophets of our day are countless, one might even say, legion. And they are marching under the ever-diverse rainbow flag of wokeism. And we Lutherans are not immune to the danger of false prophets. For instance... When I was at the seminary, I was visited by a couple of Mormons one day. They came by our home one afternoon while Sarah was at the hospital working, and when I told them that I was a student studying to be a pastor at the Lutheran Seminary, they told me that they so appreciated Lutherans because Lutherans have such a deep respect for the Bible, but so very often they can't defend it. They know it's important, but they don't know what it says, especially not when it comes to countering the false teaching of the Mormon religion. I would imagine that experience taught this, them, taught this to them. You see, Fort Wayne has 30-plus Missouri Synod congregations, and many of them are quite sizable. Holy Scripture tells us that Satan appears as an angel of light, appearing to be good and holy. False prophets come looking like sheep of the good shepherd. They may even believe that they are sheep of that shepherd, not knowing that their fruit is rotten, evil, but you can recognize them from their doctrine, their teaching. Obviously, falsehood is much more dangerous when it is clothed in what appears to be the truth. Jesus says to us, beware. And yes, that is a word of warning, but it comes from his love. Beware. And he has given us the Holy Spirit to guide us and guard us from false teaching. He caused the Holy Scriptures to be written in order that we would know the truth. But you might be tempted to say, well, pastor, I'm no theologian. 
I'm not an expert on the Bible. How do I distinguish a false teacher from a true teacher of God's word when they both appeal to Holy Scripture? How can I tell whether someone is preaching the truth of God's word? Well, the simplest answer is, well, always the best answer, or at least very often. In this case, I would tell you, turn to the small catechism. Now, yes, I know there are many who accuse Lutherans of adding to the Bible by appealing to the small catechism, but that's because they're ignorant of the truth when it comes to the catechism. You see, the small catechism is a brief summary of Christian doctrine, that is, Christian teaching, drawn entirely from Holy Scripture. Review the Ten Commandments, the Creed, and the Lord's Prayer. Contemplate again what the catechism teaches about the blessed sacraments and the life and salvation that they both promise and give. You see, from the Holy Ten Commandments, you learn what God's will is and therefore what true holiness is. From the creed, you know all that God has done for you in creating you and then redeeming you by the blood of his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, who laid down his life as a sacrifice and was raised again on the third day. And then, of course, we know from the creed also how the Lord has brought you to faith and has kept you in that faith by the Holy Spirit through his word and sacraments. From the Lord's Prayer, you've learned how to respond to everything God has done for you, his blessed and beloved child. In the sacrament of holy baptism and its daily application of the confession of sin and the absolution, you are given the strength to live as God pleases. And especially in the sacrament of the altar, you are offered and given the food of life eternal and strength from the Lord for the journey from this earthly life to the life to come. And all of these, they serve you as your defense against the onslaught of error and deception, the devil's fiery arrows. And so you see, you do have an answer to those who will come to you as ravenous wolves in sheep's clothing. You do have a defense against those who would offer you bad or evil fruit from a rotten tree. Jesus tells us that the way of salvation is a narrow way. Now, this is in part because it doesn't let in any of the opinions or the qualifications of men, but only the merits of Christ and his righteousness. He alone is the one through whom we gain entrance to heaven by God's grace. Jesus alone is the way that leads to everlasting life. And his way it is, the difficult way, the unpopular way, because it is the way of the cross. It is the way that is opposed on all sides by falsehood and hatred. After all, the devil, the world, and our own sinful flesh, these are our greatest enemies. The enemies Christ has overcome by the cross. But it is into this way that you have been baptized. By baptism, you have been joined to Christ's death and resurrection. God placing his holy triune name upon you, marking you as his own beloved child, forgiven of your sin, set apart from this world, set apart in the ark of his church until we come to rest in that new creation. And see, now you share in that life of the cross Jesus has won for you. And even as his cross has won you salvation, his word, which will never pass away, is your defense. Defense against those who would lead you away from Christ's death and resurrection. And as we prayed in the gradual, be my rock a refuge, a fortress of defense to save me. In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be put to shame. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, watch and guard your hearts and minds in Christ, your good shepherd. Amen. Let us pray. O God, you have purchased and obtained us as your flock by the shedding of your blood.
Root out of us all sins and vice, all strife and disbelief, all error and heresy. Rebuke the erring, convert the unbelieving, bring the rebellious again to the unity of the Christian church and show them the light of your truth. Protect our shepherd from all danger of body and soul. Bless all pastors and those who assist in building up your congregation and make their labors fruitful. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. O God, you have purchased and obtained us as your flock by the shedding of your blood. You have obtained established marriage and sanctified the home to be a place of blessing and love. Give to parent and child the courage to love as you have loved us. Unite them in their common life by your spirit to know Jesus and serve him. Bless the single with chastity, comfort the widowed, protect the orphan, and defend the helpless. Lord, in your mercy. O God, you have purchased and obtained us as your flock by the shedding of your blood. Fill all governing authorities with fear of you, and let their service foster and preserve peace. Have mercy on our people and our country. Let our youth be brought up in discipline and in right knowledge of you, that they may recognize your law and the way of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy. O God, you have purchased and obtained us as your flock by the shedding of your blood. In your temple, we think on your steadfast love. Hear us on behalf of all who need healing, strength, and comfort. We especially pray for Joe and Ann Heil, Colby Cruzy, Ron Lyon, Ron Gibson, Bob Rash, Chuck Lichty, Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips. Defend them from the attacks of the evil one and cause them to join in your praise. Lord, in your mercy. O God, you have purchased and obtained us as your flock by the shedding of your blood. Give us a great hunger and thirst for the life-giving food of your blessed sacrament. Keep unbelief and impenitence far from those who come to your table. Unite us in the fellowship of the pure teaching of the apostles and prophets, that we may give no offense and bring no division, but eat and drink in faith for the forgiveness of sins in the unity of a true confession. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have brought us to the knowledge of your word. Graciously keep us steadfast in this knowledge unto death, that we may obtain eternal life. Send us pious pastors who will faithfully preach your word without offense or falsehood, and grant them long life. Defend us from all false teachings and frustrate those who pervert your word, who would come in sheep's clothing but inwardly are ravenous wolves, that your church may be established among us always and be defended and preserved from such false teachers. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, once again, good morning and welcome to you all on this very hot and humid day that the Lord has granted to us. Uh, looking ahead into our calendar this week, of course, today we have Sunday School and Bible Study immediately after the service. Uh, this Tuesday is um, the Circuit Pastors meeting. We've been kind of on a two-month break from that because of summer, but now we're starting back up and we'll be meeting in Macon uh, this Tuesday. And then at 7 o'clock on Tuesday evening, new member class. Wednesday, we'll have our Lutheran Confession study group in the morning. And then Thursday, will be church council at 7.30, so please take note of that. A uh, unique opportunity coming up this coming Saturday, so six days from now, uh, in Topeka, Kansas, at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church, there's a, a worship conference that's being held. It's for pastors, church musicians, and lay people alike. All are invited to this. Um, and it, what it is is um, 
It's to provide continuing education for pastors, church musicians, lay people interested in the song and worship of the church. So if you're interested in our hymnody and our liturgy and the history to that, and also especially how that pertains to the spiritual care of souls, uh, then please take note of this. It'd be a wonderful opportunity for you. The keynote speaker is the Reverend Sean Danzer. He is the chaplain uh, and the, uh, the head director, rather. They always have different titles for these head, director, all this. Director of worship at the International Center uh, of the LCMS down in St. Louis. There is a cost. It's $20, but lunch is included. Uh, they do want you to register by the 10th, so that is by Wednesday. And registration information can be found on the bulletin that's, uh, or on the flyer that is on the bulletin board uh, in the hallway down there. You'll see it'll say worship conference on it in big letters. Also, our midweek school and confirmation class, that'll begin Wednesday, September 7th. So that's the first Wednesday after Labor Day. We're looking forward to another great school year there. And also, we continue to plan for our Oktoberfest, which really isn't that far away because we're, we're kind of holding to the traditional way of things. And Oktoberfest is held in September. Go figure, right? But that is the way it's done. So please see the planning sheet if you'd like to sign up and help us to prepare for that. Is there anything that I might have missed? No? Okay. All right. Well, God's peace be with you in the coming week, uh, rejoicing in the, uh, the purity of God's word and the righteousness we receive by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. I'll greet you at the door.